quick shout out guys to our sponsors, Anglesey Family Chiropractic. They're in Coeur d'Alene, they're in Spokane Valley. Dr. Craig Anglesey, I've known this dude for 30 plus years. He's an amazing family man awesome chiropractor will get you feeling great go check him out hey i also want to give a shout out to the threads podcast life unfiltered look listening to this show is like sitting around a campfire with your best friends the talk is real the humor is natural and personal growth is sparked by authenticity go check them out threads podcast life unfiltered uh, you're the founder of elite amateur fight league thank you so much jesse for your time man i appreciate it awesome man happy to be here brother Dude, before we get into the Elite Amateur Fight League, uh, let's talk about you, man. Where'd you grow up, and did you always want to be an entrepreneur? Yeah, well, you know, uh, I grew up in South Chicago. Okay. Uh, but I, I wanted to be a football player, man. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah, right? Totally. Yeah, I went to, uh, went to Mount Carmel High School. I have teammates that, that made the NFL. Uh, Donovan McNabb, Simeon Rice are all my teammates from high school. Okay. Uh, but at, towards, the end of the, towards the end of my high school career, I, I had an injury with my shoulder. And uh, it really jacked up my senior year. And uh, so all the, all the opportunities I had, you know, my senior year were kind of uh, blown away by, by a shoulder injury. So uh, one of the things I knew I kind of always had interest in and always wanted to do was to be a Marine. Okay. And, uh, and so when, when the football thing kind of fell apart, I decided uh, to join the Marine Corps and uh, loved every minute of it, man. Well, thank you for your service, man. I appreciate that. Absolutely. I love talking to these up and coming fighters that are really from around the globe and that you're, you being the founder of Elite Amateur Fight League. Uh, for those not familiar with the Elite Amateur Fight League, tell me about how it all got started and what exactly is the EAFL? Absolutely. So, you know, going back to, to the Marine Corps days, uh, I, I grew up boxing in South Chicago as well, boxed in the Marine Corps for a little bit. And uh, when I got out, I became an electrician and I really got into the sport of MMA a little, a little backwards. Okay. And, 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 and the, um, the league started with a pretty interesting story. So uh, as a union electrician during the building boom, I left the union, started my own company where we decided to uh, uh, design and install high-end electronics. Okay. That opportunity spun into an opportunity where we were designing and building man caves. Okay, nice. That opportunity spun into an opportunity where I can uh, – shoot and produce a home improvement show called the man card crew where we built and designed man caves on television. Oh, that's uh, awesome. Yeah. So that's, that's kind of how I got into the TV end of it, but I've always been a huge combat sports fan. Yeah. And um, so we were running the man card crew for about four years, uh, building and designing man caves throughout the Chicagoland area on NBC sports, Chicago had an opportunity to preview an MMA show for them. And it was, it was utterly horrible. Like it was bad. I'm like, you know, we know you're a fan. What did you think? And listen, the fights were good, but the show was horrible. Production yeah. value was horrible. Didn't make any sense. And uh, had an opportunity to concept a show and, and, and possibly get it on NBC Sports Chicago. So uh, what we did is we designed a show called Fighter First. And Fighter First was going out and finding uh, the up and coming fighters in the, in the regional circuit in the Midwest, meeting them, interviewing them, showing highlights of their fights. And uh, we would go out to Omaha and the promoter would say, hey, man, my 145-pounder, best in the country, 10-0, this is the guy going to the, he's going to go pro, <clears throat> going to the UFC. Awesome. Great show. Thought I had gold. Then we'd go to Milwaukee. Hey, my 145-pounder, 7-0, this is the guy, best ever, going to the UFC. Okay. Same exact show. Go down to Indianapolis. My 145er, best ever. I'm like, oh, my God, this is the same story. 
over and over again. Like, yeah, yeah these guys are uber talented and they're all eight and no, nine and one, whatever they are. And they go out and they blow the doors off, you know, in 30 seconds, they, they annihilate their guy. But I can't put this on TV because it's, it's redundant. It's right. over and over again. Yeah. And so when I, we took that concept back and I was 100% honest with them, listen, the first show, you're going to love it. Second show is going to be, ah, uh, third show is boring. Fourth show, you'll never watch again because it's the same story over and over again. Yeah. And he goes, I get it. Well, what can you do with it? You know, why don't you, why don't you figure out what you can do with what you found? So um, we took it back and I started thinking, man, what if I can get these guys to fight each other? Like, what if the 9-0 and guy from Omaha could fight the 9-0 and guy from Indianapolis? And let's shorten the story a little bit. It could absolutely happen if you could agree to do it at the home of every one of these promoters. The promoters want to bring it to their, yeah, I love that idea. Bring them to my promotion. has to happen here. Then you call the Omaha guy. Yeah, awesome idea. Bring it here. It has to happen in my promotion. <laughs> so the promoters didn't want to see their champions go across borders or leave their, uh, leave their organization. And so from a professional standpoint, some of the fighters were even, hey, uh, I'm 9-0. I don't want to blemish my pro record. I'm trying to get to the UFC. And I completely understand that on the pro end. Like, it, it, you need to have a really lofty, uh, impressive record as a pro to get into the UFC. And it, it might not be a good idea to, to challenge yourself and take a couple losses where you might not get there, right? right? But on the amateur level, these same guys, their amateur records go away the day they turn pro. And it's more about experience and exposure than anything for the amateur side of the game. So when you were talking to the amateur uh, coaches and fighters, they were up for it. They're like, man, I, I, you're going to pay for my guy to go to Omaha and, and pay for the weekend, and, and he's going to fight a competitor, and I'm going to get a good fight for him because I only have 30-second fights here in Indianapolis. Uh, that would be awesome. Let's do it. And, and, of course, it ended up just coming down to the promoters didn't want to see their guys leave. Right. Uh, they weren't willing to pay for them to come over you know, from long distances, and it wasn't going to happen. So then I thought, well, maybe I'm doing this the wrong way. Maybe there's somebody out there doing this. Let's find that promotion that's already doing this. Why are we trying to recreate this? Right. And the fact is, is there's nobody out there doing this. There's nobody out there matching top-level amateurs from across the country, giving them exposure and experience on an NCAA type of level. And at that moment, driving home from Omaha, I had a decision to make. Like, are you going to let this opportunity go, or are you going to do something about it? Like, why, why not just create what you're looking for? Right. And uh, so uh, on the way home, five hours of, of, of just thinking about it. By the time I got home, I had a concept built. Uh, we knew what I knew what I was going to do. It's going to be team versus team, state versus state, national amateur competition. Uh, no one else in the country is doing it. And the elite amateur fight league was born. Come on. That's awesome. You, know, you have 12 teams from coast to coast. What's the format of the fights and, you know, how do the teams work? Yeah. So, uh, this year, we had eight teams last year. We're going into this season with 12 teams. Okay. We have about uh, 18 legitimate applications for teams. So we got, more, we got more teams applying than we have room for, which is a good problem to have. Yeah. Uh, so it's team versus team, meaning uh, if, you're very, if you're familiar with a wrestling duel from high school or college, right, okay. everybody still gets an independent record. They still get a win or loss on their record. It's still judged the same way, uh, you know, the, the way a normal MMA fight would be judged. But the team aspect of it, uh, a team uh, has team points with the value of every win. So if you get a finish, your team gets six points. You get a unanimous decision, your team gets four points. You get a split, your team gets three points. The team with the most points moves on in the tournament. And the teams are built out of weight classes. So 25, 35, uh, we have a catch weight at 40, 45, 55, 70, and 85. And then we try to throw females in there where we can between 115 and 125. And um, 
so it, it's real simple, man. It's a it's an MMA duel, team versus team, state versus state, and uh, the best MMA competitors in the country head to head. Come on, man. And this isn't something new. Like you said, this is season four that you're heading into. Uh, this was supposed to happen to this year. Obviously, a little bit of a delay there. But any plans to move forward with season four this year? Yeah, so the, the coronavirus threw a wrench in everybody's plan, right? I, I mean, yeah. even the big guys, your NFLs, your NBAs, they're, they're suffering like we are. It's immediate effect. Uh, first of all, the pandemic's horrible. Like, yeah. I don't want to underline that. It's, sure. it's a horrible thing that's happening. Uh, prayers to everybody who's lost somebody or has been affected by the pandemic. Uh, you know, sports, when you look at it, for me, isn't, isn't a necessary thing to get through this pandemic. I'm, I'm in the sports world. I own a sports industry company. Yes, I want to see it go on, but the most important thing is to do it safely yep. and to do it right and make sure that, that society is taken care of, right? right. So with that being said, uh, immediately it affected us, you know, negatively. We had to cancel three of our events already. Uh, we were building teams in Illinois and Tennessee and Kentucky. And, uh, you know, the Kentucky and Tennessee were new teams coming in, so it would have been great to see what their talent looked like and really fine-tune those teams. Uh, but after that immediate negative effect and us swallowing the pill, hey, listen, we're not going to have fans in, in attendance anytime soon. We're not going to have shows anytime soon. Let's, let's start to generate a, a post-coronavirus type of plan. Yeah. Once we got to that point, everything became very positive. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, you know, we were able to push the season back. We were supposed to start in March. We're probably not going to start until fourth quarter of this year. Okay. Uh, we're slowly building the teams. We're not just rushing teams into the league. We're making sure we have the right teams with the right coaches. They got to get back in the gym and, and get their stamina back up and get in fight shape. And so it's going to be a while for them to get ready. Not, not every state's the same. Some states' gyms are open. Some states' gyms aren't. Right. So, uh, you know, this year, 12 teams, and uh, we're super excited about doing what we're doing. And, and in the post-corona world, we've changed our, our format. We were going to do six independent events and in six independent states with the home team. And, uh, and that would have took us a considerable amount of time. I mean, let's realistically probably six months to get through round one. Right. And, and knowing that we can't really do that now, we've shifted into more of a studio show. So we're going to film it more like the Ultimate Fighter gets filmed. We're going to bring everybody to one place. We're going to film all six events in the span of a weekend, all the fighters, and coaches are going to get to meet each other and, and hang out kind of like the NCAA tournament does in, in round number, number one. And uh, it's going gonna, it's gonna to bring all those guys together and, uh, and really give you that NCAA tournament feel. And uh, yeah. we're really excited about that. And uh, so we're bringing everybody to one location. That location is undetermined at this point. Gotcha. Uh, recording it over the, the, the scope of a weekend. And then we're going to be able to send it out to broadcasters so they can run it in concurrent weeks, week one through six. And then we can start the second round of the tournament within six weeks. So okay. it's uh, it, schedule-wise, it, it's, it's a great thing. Uh, Logistic-wise, it's a great thing. Broadcast-wise, couldn't be better. I get everybody in one place, get all my interviews knocked out, get all the, the content wrapped up. Like it's, all those things are positive things, and we probably wouldn't have done it without the coronavirus pandemic. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but it, it, it shifted us, and, and we're really happy with the new plan. Uh, so our plan is to have four rounds, rounds – one, uh, 12 teams, round two, six teams. The final four will be four teams. And we're hoping that the national championship, by the time we get there, is, a, is an event we can put on live. Yeah, man, that would be awesome. For states like Idaho who don't actually have teams yet, you know, uh, how would states get involved and in, in work with the, you to create a team? Sure, uh, EliteAmateurFightLeague.com or EAFLMMA.com. We have an application form there. And we're probably getting 
10 to 12 applications a day from fighters, uh, not as many coaches, but uh, they can absolutely apply. Get us in contact uh, with us. Uh, my director of league expansion is very aggressive. If, if Put it this way. You put a, a guy, an application comes in, and he's ain't no out of any state in this country. He's going to pick up the phone and call him and call his coach because we, we, we want to get those guys in our league. Yeah. Uh, and, and we're really the only ones that are going to offer him an opportunity to get on an airplane, travel somewhere, all expenses paid uh, log for logistics and, and for them to do that and not charge them any fees. We're not charging anybody fees to be part of our organization like some other organizations do. Uh, it, you know, we're aggressively looking for the best talent in the country. You send us an application and, and you're one of those guys, we are absolutely going to call you back. Yeah, that's awesome. And what type of fighters are you actually looking for? Yeah, well, we're looking, obviously, uh, for, young, for young talent. Uh, yeah. 18, uh, our limit this year is going to be uh, 28 years of age. We're trying to make the cutoff right at about there. Uh, we're looking for guys that have at least three fights, hopefully, you know, three wins. We know in some states that three or four amateur fights and, and they're done with their amateur career and they're, they're going pro. And in other states, it seems like the Midwest, man, they've got 12, 15, 16 amateur fights under their belt. Yeah. So the, prob the problem is it's, it's a little bit of a problem when it comes to sanctioning and matching the fight. If you go to a state and, and then the commissioner says, man, you can't match this 3-0 and guy versus this 14-1 and guy. Right. And, and I have to, well, I, I get it, but you know, he trains at Jackson Wink uh, with uh, Holly home and John Jones and he's three, and zero. he's going to go pro after this run. Like there's, he's, he'll never be a 14 and one amateur guy. He's, this is a guy that's going to go pro. He has the talent. He's in the right scenario. Yeah. And you've just got to, you know, explain that to them. And some of these guys are lifelong wrestlers. Some of them are lifelong, you know, jujitsu practitioners, uh, you know, and granted their, their MMA, uh, record doesn't show that you, you've just got to bring in the right information to the commissioner so that they feel comfortable matching those fights uh so you know we have local events uh, in some of the places where we're looking for up and comings you know getting these guys started getting their their career started but the tournament events we're absolutely absolutely looking for established fighters yeah awesome now i love that you guys have this very unique amazing opportunity that people can in actually invest in your league. You have a WeFunder page, man, that's been, you've raised close to $60,000, man. This is amazing. Yeah. Why was it so important for you to open that up to the public? And what's the goal amount on that? Or, or is there even a goal? Yeah, well, we're looking to raise 10% of our business. We had an independent valuation of the company that put us at 5 million. So yeah. we're raising 500,000 in this first round. The reason it was so important for me, I come from South Chicago, man. I, I'm a son of a steel mill worker. My dad loves sports. He never had an opportunity to invest into a, a sports franchise, right? Uh, yeah. The sports are well-established. Football's been around for 100 years. You yeah. can't, unless you're an elitist, you're not getting approved to own a football team or, or buy into a franchise, right? right? MMA is 25 years old. It's still very young in, in, in its growth and, and where they are as a sport. Uh, it, in, in my eyes, they've really become a mainstream sport you know, when that, uh, when that sale went down and, and when they sold over uh, the company for $4 billion, that's when everybody's eyes opened up and it became a real mainstream sport. Right. And they're doing a fantastic job on a pro end over at the UFC. Uh, we know what they're worth. We love their shows. They do great things. But the sport in, in, in its entirety is really young and no one developed the amateur side of the sport. It'd be like having the NFL without the NCAA, you know, without having – the NCAA basketball tournament, how does the NBA know who the stars are going to be and, and how to draft people? 
Yep. And so the sport wasn't fully developed. And that, in my eyes, it really opened up my eyes thinking, here's an opportunity for fans to help us develop this league, become owners, and own a piece of a sport they love. That doesn't happen in any other sport in this country. We're literally the first fan-owned sports league in America, and fans have an opportunity to buy in. Man, it's such a great opportunity. I highly recommend folks go and check that out. Man, I wanted to uh, shift to some fun questions here real quick for us, Jesse. I've got these things that are called pod decks. Essentially, they're just random questions for us podcasters pulling out <laughs> here, and uh, we'll see how it goes, man. Uh, let's see what this one says. If you could only eat one food for the rest of your life, what would it be? Chicago deep dish pizza. Love it, man. That is yeah. awesome. I've been <laughs> without, to Chicago. A thought. without a thought, that get boom right there. <laughs> I've been to Chicago twice. Love the pizza there. It is absolutely amazing. When you're not working uh, on the EAFL stuff, what are you doing for fun, man? Oh, man. I really do this full time. Like, this is, I love what I do. This is what I do for fun. Yeah. You know, uh, uh, I'm too old to, to really get out and play any competitive football or basketball. <laughs> I try to golf. I suck at it. Okay. Uh, but uh, I, I really, I go out to drink and drive a little cart around. I'm not out there to golf. Right. Uh, so, you know, that's leisurely things, but I love what I do. So I would tell you what I do for fun is develop this league. Yeah. What more could I ask for, man? I work with world-class athletes, world-class fighters, great people, go to exciting events constantly around the country. Um, you know, this is fun. This is what yeah. I do for fun, and I love it. Man, awesome. And then I um, wanted to ask, do you have a favorite fighter? I mean, obviously you've been in the game around for a long time, but is there some fighter that has stuck out with you has kind of been a favorite over the years? Well, I, I guess my favorite fighter, and, and it's more of a business thing, I think. I don't think he's the best fighter or, you know, is the most talented fighter. I love the way Conor McGregor generates revenue around what he does. And that, it's, that, it's that simple. That yeah. The guy's a genius. He – I, nobody, uh, nobody with any brain and for combat sports thought he was going to beat Floyd Mayweather. No, right. no one, no one believed that. And I'm a boxer. I'm, a, I love boxing. I knew my boxing coach would tell me when these thugs come in off the street and challenge everybody to a fight, cause it happens all the time in Chicago, yeah. a gangbanger comes in and says, Oh, I can beat everybody's ass in here. You know, let's uh, let me in. And my coach would tell me, Hey, let him punch himself off for 30 seconds and then have your way with them. Right. Like, just let, let him go at it for the first minute. <laughs> After that, just do whatever you want to him. And that's basically what Floyd did. He, he let Connor punch himself out. Yeah, uh, I think yeah. Floyd could have ended that fight in the second or third round. But the yeah. fact is, it was a spectacle. It was a show. Everybody watched it. They made millions of dollars. Connor's a flipping genius. It's yeah. that simple. He's a genius. And uh, when it comes to MMA, he's not the best. You know, he may not be the best talented MMA fighter at his weight class, but he sure as hell makes the most money. Yeah. Yeah, you know, absolutely. And, and and he has talent. I mean, there's there's a chance for him to win every fight. He he could win any fight he goes in there with. He's got a lot of talent. Yeah. But uh, we all watch because of he's because he's Connor, not because he's the best fighter. And I, I respect that. It's <laughs> true, absolutely. <laughs> Do you have a favorite type of music or favorite band that you like to listen to? Yeah, man, I I, I love Pearl Jam. Oh, that's awesome, dude. Yeah, I'm a Pearl Jam fan. I okay. grew up in that era. I love yeah. grunge alternative music. I'm also from Chicago, so I love house music. Okay. You know, uh, I, I'd like to say I like just about every kind of music except for country. I don't know why some right. people are mad at me. I, <laughs> maybe the new country is not as whiny as the old country music, but like, I just I can't get into it. And yeah. So you put, you put anything on other than country, and I'm a happy man. That's awesome. Well, I wanted to also give you an opportunity just to give a shout-out to business partners, to teammates, to sponsors for your league. 
anything yeah. like that, man. The, the camera's all yours. Well, you know, a thing I'd really like to talk about is we're, we're growing our team out, man. So I want to give yeah. a shout out to the guys on the team. Uh, Frankie Sines has been around. Frank Sines is a UFC fighter, bantamweight. Uh, he's fought everybody, you know, in that weight class. He's been around since uh, season one doing play-by-play for us. Wow. And uh, uh, we, you know, uh, he's always at the show. He's always talking to the fighters. They all love him. I'm like, man, Frankie, how about be my fighter relations guy? Like, everybody loves you. Everybody knows who you are. And he jumped on board. He's like, absolutely, man. I love what you're doing. I believe in this product. Uh, so he's part of our, our, our executive team. He's the fighter relations guy. Nice. Then a guy that you guys may have seen on Embedded, uh, he runs a, an MMA podcast called Cage Side Seats. Uh, he's at all the UFC pressers. Uh, he's at ESPN radio shows all over the West Coast. Uh, Jim Greeshaber's our second uh, play-by-play team member. He's now nice. the director of creative content for the Elite Amateur Fight League. So he's jumped on just recently as well. Uh, we've got uh, Ryan Quinn down at American Top Team who uh, submitted the team last year and, and really liked what we were doing and, 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 and loves the concept. And uh, he knows every coach and every fighter from traveling with these American Top Team guys. And uh, he's like, man, why don't you have any East Coast teams? I know everybody up and down the Eastern Seaboard. I'm like, I'd love to, but I don't know anybody over there. He's like, I know everybody. Now he's the director of league expansion. Oh, that's <laughs> so, awesome. So, you know, he's part of it. And then, you know, just everybody who's invested, anybody yeah. who's, who's, who's got online at WeFunder has become part of our ownership team, believes in what we're doing, thank you. Because you're really going to help us move this needle forward. Our goal, and, and I don't think we've said this yet, but uh, if you look at MMA, uh, the, talent, the most talented guys are absolutely at the top of the rankings, but they're not always the guys that make the most money. Yeah. Uh, right? So, uh, and, and, it's, and for me, it's because the, the sport really isn't fully developed. I look at a guy like CM Punk, who probably didn't deserve the shot in the UFC, right. but he came, he came in with value. He had value behind his name. They gave him a shot. Uh, he brought fan and fan base to, to, the, I'm sorry, to the UFC, and that's why he had value. Our goal is to create that kind of value behind talented fighters, right? If we can bring the best amateur fighters into our league, give them exposure on television, give them the experience of fighting top-level competitors so that they have value when they go to the pro ranks and go to the UFC, go to Bellator, go to Combate, wherever it is that they go, they're going to have value. They're, people are going to follow them. People are going to know who they are. And, and that's really – if we can do that, everything else will take care of itself. Guys yeah. will want to come fight for us. Our pros will be well-known. Uh, the best pro fighters will have the best fan bases, and we're going to start seeing those matchups at the top that we want to see talent versus talent because these guys have value in a fan base. And I think we all want to see that if we're MMA fans. Yep. Absolutely. Man, I'm so excited to, to see where this league goes and continue to see it build and see those people continue to invest in it, man. And, and for sure, such an honor to have you on my show, Jesse, really, really thankful for you taking time today, man. Thank you so much. Well, I appreciate it. And Hey, get on refunder, man, become part of our ownership group, brother. Absolutely, man. What's Absolutely. going on, guys? Thank you so much for watching this video today. I really appreciate it. If you could go and share this everywhere you can, leave us a review, leave us a rating. We would really appreciate it. That helps us get the word spread out about our podcast and about our show, and we can bring you amazing stories of the people that we bring on for the Bearded Biz and the Top Rated MMA Show. Thank you again. Have an awesome day.